Yeah, it's the sophomore installment of Massacre Radio. Thanks for joining us. I, of course, am your host, Members Only Dave. And on this episode, I spoke with the Kino Corner. He has over 100,000 subscribers on the Kino Corner YouTube channel, where he discusses all things film. So we'll be catching up with him. We check in on the most popular alien prank show this side of the galaxy. You're not going to want to miss that. But right now, to kick things off, I'm speaking with Jackie Dusa. She's a freelance writer, and well, let's just say she knows a thing or two about a thing or two when it comes to marketing and social media. So let's check that out. This is Massacre Radio. Joining me now on the hotline is Jackie Dusa. She is a freelance writer as well as the current social media manager for Metal Blade Records. Some of you may know her from her content creation for Massacre Video. Jackie, thank you so much for your time today. How are we doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, David. Absolutely. Let's take it from the top here, Jackie. As I mentioned in the intro, you do content creation for Masker Video. Talk a little bit about what kind of content gets the most engagement in your time since you've been doing the content creation for Masker Video. Well, I, it's interesting you asked me that because at first I really wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was the visual of the female and the boobs and the social media clickbait thing or if it was because what we were actually talking about. And I do feel like now it's becoming more, okay, people are actually interested to see what we're going to reveal, um, what things we're going to kind of explain or just talk about that maybe people didn't know about some of our releases and some of our films. I feel like the things that get the most engagement are things that are a little more mysterious or films that people have always been wondering about or haven't been able to get their hands on you know, prior. So it's kind of cool to see people's actual interest in that. We do get some very interesting messages on social media platforms <laughs> in the DMs, but mm-hmm. it's nice to see, especially in the comments and the engaged conversations, that people are interested in the film. You know, it's interesting, Jackie. We were talking a little bit before the interview, and you actually told me you have a radio background. You did a pre-recorded radio show with the company Gimme radio for nuclear blast what was that all about uh yeah so that was I, my whole life i've been told i have a radio voice <laughs> never never really knew what that meant i had a couple people um co-workers at nuclear blast suggest me for the position and we engaged with gimme radio to just do a, a nuclear blast radio show kind of showcasing a bunch of our artists at the time or some of our catalog artists and it was really cool i got to have a lot of fun with um you know just in terms of choosing my own playlist and really showcasing what artists i wanted to or what campaigns i was working on and i also got to do a lot of really cool interviews Reviews. We would do some shows where the segments in between would be less of me talking and more of me asking an artist questions. So I've gotten to interview a bunch of great artists for that, and it was a really wonderful experience. Well, Jackie, whoever suggested you have a voice for radio was not lying. Now, Thank you so much. <laughs> I'd have to imagine that working in the metal industry in any capacity, much like you do, you know, it's a mostly male-driven industry for the most part. What is it like to be a leading female in that environment, and what are some of the challenges and obstacles you've overcome yourself in your time in the industry? Well, there's positives and negatives, like with anything. I mean, it's definitely very male-driven, and I think the obvious things are negative about it. Like, sometimes we don't feel appreciated for our work. We feel like we're being overlooked. I know me in particular, I've had some issues where I know for sure that I was getting paid less, yada, yada. But in the same sense, there's also this camaraderie and this community that's going on in the metal industry. And I do feel that it's maybe a little bit less 
so then not that to say that it's not male driven, but there's an acceptance there and there's a promotion of females there, like not just with the bands and with women who can sing, but there's a lot of women behind the scenes of heavy metal, especially working for record labels who are doing a lot and are really promoting artists and really promoting creativity and accomplishing a lot. And yeah, there's a little bit of discouragement as far as any male driven industry when you are a woman in that industry. But I also work with a lot of really talented females who are pushing boundaries and just accomplishing a lot. So it's kind of awesome to be a part of that. As we have already covered, you are, in fact, a writer, Jackie, and I wanted to ask you, what are some of the more unique writing gigs you've had in your career, and have you ever written an obituary? I have not written an obituary, but my, like, 12-year-old self would have been obsessed with somehow cementing that to be my full-time job. Yeah. I am a little bit of a morbid personality type, hence my association with Massacre. But no, um, most of my writing jobs are, at this point in my career, band biography-driven. A lot of times a band uh, wants, you know, just a kind of short bio or a couple-page bio to go out with a new release, um, a new tour or something like that. So mostly that's kind of where... I've lain the past couple of years with my writing, depending on the artist. They don't always want to just describe what they're doing. They have a real vision and um, a real sense of artistry that they're trying to accomplish that I get to kind of convey to people, even if it's just a short couple page thing. You know, it's, it's a cool place to be creative. Freelance writer and current social media manager for Metal Blade Records, Jackie Dusa is my guest. Jackie, as we've discussed, you also do content for Massacre Video, and I noticed on your website that you also write lyrics. So I ask you, say you were tasked with writing a theme song for Massacre Video. Lyrically, could you give us an idea of where you'd take it? I mean, I think it would, <laughs> I think the obvious answer is that it would end up being a death metal song with a lot of gore, rape, and violence references. But I feel like there's a lot of atmospheric vibes, uh, no lyric vibes that could be put to a nice Massacre video soundtrack, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, you just touched on something interesting there with your response. So I want to know, in your opinion, what is the allure to murder, rape, you know, that sort of thing within the context of entertainment, music, and film? Well, I think I can speak for myself personally and just say, especially from a really young age, which I think a lot of people who are into that kind of thing generally get into it when they're younger. Um, I, I've always been attracted to things that kind of shock me, you know, just like some people like the feeling of being on a roller coaster or going on an airplane. I think we all enjoy different feelings, you know, in life. And one of the feelings I've always enjoyed is being shocked or disgusted or repulsed because it's just such an extreme emotion. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of attraction there for a lot of people to just sort of shock themselves. Or, But, you know, again, there's a lot of sick people out there who just like it because they're relating to whatever somehow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. I think there's a lot to be said about just enjoying the feeling of being shocked and also just having this sense of relief. Very interesting. So we're going to play a little game here, Jackie. I'm going to read to you a sentence, and you need to tell me if you think it's a news headline or a brief synopsis of a movie, all right? Okay. Okay, first one. <laughs> Man loses custody of kids only to become a cross-dressing nanny in order to see them more. Is that a news headline or a brief synopsis of a movie? Brief uh, synopsis for a movie. Okay, and for some bonus points here, Jackie, do you know the name of the movie? I don't. That would be the Robin Williams classic, Mrs. Doubtfire. I was going to say Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> but I swear to you, I thought this was going a completely different direction. So I was like, you got to be talking about something else. 
Okay, so you're one for one so far. Not bad. Let's continue. Rescuers amputate woman's leg to pull her from building collapse. Tell me, Jackie, is that a news headline or a movie's hypnosis? I mean, that could easily be either, but I'm going to say news headline. You are really on your game today because that is, in fact, a news headline. As a matter of fact, that recently happened in Iowa. Okay, here's the next one. Out-of-work actor reinvents himself as a female, lands role, and falls in love with the female castmate. News headline or movie synopsis, Jackie? It's a brief movie synopsis, but I can't think of what it is. But I know when you say it, I'm going to know because I feel like it's a semi-recent film. All right, I'll give you one hint. I got two words for you, Jackie. Dustin Hoffman. Oh, shit. Okay, what is it? What's it called? Uh, That would be Tootsie. Okay, yeah, I never would have guessed that. (laughs) You're doing great so far, but we have a few more. So tell me, is this a news headline or a brief movie synopsis? Three mischievous teenagers kill and eat a prized swan in a New York village. I mean, I feel like some of the people who's in which... (laughs) A couple people whose circles I run in might make a movie out of that, but I feel like it's too sick and it's got to be a news headline. She just doesn't miss. Four for four so far. I think I made these a little bit too easy, but let's see if you can get a clean sweep here, Jackie. Tell me, is this a news headline or a brief movie synopsis? A detective goes undercover at a gay club to locate a killer, only to find out he identifies with the atmosphere as the police struggle to find the killer. What say you? Uh, movie? Look at that. A perfect five for five. I never doubted you for a second. That is, in fact, the synopsis for the movie Cruisin' with Al Pacino. Ooh, yes. Yes, a while ago, but yes. Okay. Like some unhinged Al Pacino, like some Dog Day Afternoon vibe Al Pacino. So that's cool. Job well done, Jackie. I wanted to switch gears here a little bit and talk about Satan. What is it about Satan that you think people find so appealing? Is it the sex appeal? Is it the horns? What are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, I think it's a little bit of everything. There's definitely the sex appeal. There's definitely the the dark, alluring thing, which, of course, sometimes involves sex appeal. But I think everybody loves a tragic hero. Everybody loves, you know, the black and the white and the the ability to say, like, no, I kind of relate to that a little more. Like, no, you don't have to be good all the time. The temptation, for lack of a better word, you know, is, mm-hmm. I think, very alluring to a lot of people, this ability to kind of dip your toe into being nasty. Among your many interests, you also list cooking, and it says here you're also a bit of a mixologist. So I want to ask you, Jackie, in your mind, what drink is best paired with a good horror movie? I do enjoy cooking and mixology as far as creating things, but at the end of the day, it's always going to come down to a glass of wine for me. I'm a, I'm a Polak, so I used to be a big <laughs> vodka girl. It's just the older I get, the less uh, I'm able to handle liquor. My body's like, no thanks. Just a couple more questions before we get you out of here, Jackie. I don't know if we play a lot of pinball, but it's kind of back. It's been back for about at least eight years, and even more so as of recently. You know, all kinds of movie franchises and TV shows and bands are getting their own pinball machines, so I ask you, which horror movie franchise do you think would be best served being turned into a pinball machine? What do you think? Oh, that's such a good question. I don't know. There's there's so many things I could say. I think I would love to see maybe like a Fulci one, you know? Oh, man, you yes. A, a collection of his films in one pinball machine because, again, that would leave you with so many options of just I don't know. That would be pretty cool. And same with the soundtrack, you know. Now that is a great idea. I can see it now. His selected filmography can be the different modes you play through in order to level up and win the game. Yeah, thank you. Now I'm fantasizing about it. (laughs) (laughs) 
We'll get you out of here on this last one here. I know you are originally from Massachusetts, and while I don't know much about Massachusetts in general, I do know that they take their professional sports teams very seriously. I don't know if you're a sports fan, Jackie, but I want to ask you, who is your favorite WNBA team, and what would you change about the game, if anything? Uh, No idea and no idea. (laughs) Jackie Dusa has been my guest today. Jackie, if people want to find you online, how can they go about doing so? I'm pretty heavy on Instagram, so I'm Lilith underscore Costa on Instagram, and I post on there a lot of just kind of my day-to-day and getting to work with artists and stuff I'm up to with my travels, so just stepping around on there. Jackie, thank you so much for your time today, and let's do it again sometime. What do you think? Thank you, David. You too. This was a really great chat. I appreciate it. Radio. Keep on rolling, baby. Keep on. Today on Alien Pranksters, the gang is in West Virginia taking on hustlers at a pool hall at a remote bar. Gas away. Listen, someone here has gas, so I'm a walking this away. You feel me? <laughs> But the locals don't seem to be taking too kindly to the extraterrestrial visitors. You sure do have a pretty mouth. Let's pick it up right there as the gang forms a plan of action. Okay, so for today's sketch, I thought we'd do something a little different. We're actually at a pool hall here in a remote part of West Virginia. And today's prank is simple. We're just a couple of aliens in a pool hall, brother. And that's the joke. We're just going to walk in, do what we do, and see what it don't. So enough jibber-jabber. Let's get the racking. As the gang walks in, they are immediately met with resistance from the locals. <laughs> hey, is this what they call a pool hall? Yeah, I can dig it. Hey, you look like my sister cuz. Here, put this wig on let me see it from the back. But that's not enough to derail them or their plans. Say, daddy-o, where can I find me some sticks? Yeah, right over there, sir. Do you have anything lighter? My feeble arms cannot support this type of infrastructure. What's up, brother? You trying to play a game? I'm just an alien looking for some trouble. Ha-ha. <laughs> you better back up off me, boy, before I do you like they should have done E.T. and pound your head in with the hammer. Say, man, how many of these balls do you think I can stick up my ass? I think I can do all 15. Quick, get the shotgun out my truck. I'm going to kill that E.T. <laughs> My next guest is The Kino Corner. He runs a YouTube channel where he discusses films, talks to directors, and things of the like. A channel that has, get this, 123,000 subscribers. That is a rather robust number. Congratulations on all your success, and thank you for joining us today. How are we doing? Uh, Doing pretty well. Just got done working out, so I feel pretty good. Okay, so let's just start right there. What do you call the folks who are fans of your YouTube channel? Are they kinophiles, kinographers, kino savvies? What is the preferred nomenclature exactly? I mean, I typically just call them my subscribers, but uh, <laughs> like you know, cinephiles. But uh, my favorite that I've sort of used, kind of jokingly over the years, is the citizens of the kino kingdom. <laughs> Like we have previously discussed before the show, the vibe here is very loose, so have a seat, pop in a zin if you are so inclined, and let's have a little fun, shall we? I actually will pop this in right now. Thank you for reminding me. Talk about some of the ways that you like to get yourself comfortable before watching a movie. You know, some people like to have a few pops, some people might go the edible route, put on their favorite pajamas or whatever. What about you? What's your thing? 
I like to have a pack of Zen. I, I like to be zinned up when I watch a movie because it helps me just like super focus. Now, I take it you watch a lot of motion pictures, which, as we all know, can be rather time consuming. Do you ever watch a movie at double speed or fast forward through boring dialogue in the interest of time economy, you know, just to get through it? What are some of the tips you give the listener for them to make the most and maximize their motion picture viewing time? funny you should ask that because uh, I realized the Father's Day is this Sunday. If I was the next Sunday, I have a video coming out where I talk about 10 movies that you can watch with your dad on Father's Day. Like these like dad core films, as I call them. But I hadn't written my video script to it yet. So I had to rewatch these 10 movies in the last like four or five days. So I thought about maybe doing them two times or skipping through stuff or things like that. But no, no, I don't do that. Whenever I watch a movie, I watch it as the director intends, or at least I try to get as close to how the filmmakers intend for the movie to be, to be watched. I, I can't watch a movie at even like 1.2, 2.5 times speed. If, if like part of the movie is supposed to be this slow or something like that, I want to experience that, especially if I'm taking notes on it. Let's talk about duration. Are you one of those guys who thinks that movies these days are just too long or what? And where do you stand on movies with long run times in general? I mean, it can be argued that in a perfect world, they'd all be a tight 90. What say you? You know, long run times aren't the problem. The problem is movies that are bloated to have long run times. So plenty of my favorite movies are actually very long. Like one of my favorite movies is a movie called Until the End of the World, and that's four hours and 45 minutes long. The problem is when I go to see one of these like Marvel movies that are like two and a half to three hours long, it kind of feels like nothing of note really happens for the entire runtime. And I feel like that those movies could easily be squashed down to a tight 90. It's really just about does the movie justify its own runtime? So if it's not, then they should go towards tight 90. I wanted to ask you about this. There's been a lot of buzz on the internet and various message boards about whether or not movies like Marvel's Black Panther and Black Panther Wakanda Forever are modern-day exploitation films disguised as superhero flicks. What are your thoughts on that, and do you think there's any validity to those claims? No, because they're way more superhero than exploitation. They follow the superhero template down to a T, and there's not enough, like, sex and drugs and, mm-hmm. and violence in them, honestly, to be, like, real exploitation. They're not edgy enough. From black exploitation to comedy, now solely based off the curation of content on your YouTube channel, you don't really strike me as a fan of comedies, but I guess my main question is about the genre as it pertains to the Academy Awards. You know, it's very rare that a comedy will be nominated for Best Picture, and my question is, why do you think that is? Why can't a comedy be a Best Picture? Well, comedies are the hardest films to make, like bar none. Like, a great comedy is going to be remembered for a very long time. People still watch Bringing Up Baby, um, the Cary Grant movie from, like, 1939. It's still funny. Uh, But comedies can also be extremely divisive. And even great comedies can be panned, like, upon their release, like Freddie Got Fingered. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the critics critics hated it. There was no chance it was going to be nominated for anything other than maybe a Razzie when it came out, which is unfortunate. But I talked about this on another podcast, To Create Unknown, that recently political correctness, PC culture, all that kind of stuff, wokeness, whatever you want to call it, has really stifled and suffocated the comedy genre. There haven't been that many comedies recently, and I think that that's why we haven't seen a lot of comedies nominated for Best Picture in the last, like, maybe 10, 15 years. I just think that comedies tend to be way more of a subjective genre than other genres of movies. I also think that there is a bit of a bias against comedy, and the same bias is also against horror, 
where they kind of look on it as like a more of a, a plebeian sort of genre where it's like, oh, that genre is for like the mass. It's kind of a condescending look mm-hmm. at this genre. So I think there's a lot of factors that comedies don't get nominated. But if I'm going to be honest, I don't think like any comedies from like after 2010 have deserved <laughs> to get nominated. My guest today is the Kino Corner from the Kino Corner YouTube channel. And like I mentioned at the top of the conversation, your YouTube channel has 123,000 subscribers. What does that mean to you, if anything? Uh, it doesn't mean that much to me. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, what I do now is like no different than what I did before. I guess I take it more seriously. Having more subscribers means I'm more careful with how I word videos, with the quality that I put out. You know, with the more subscribers, it's honestly, it's more pressure. More pressure for me to be more of a perfectionist, which I already tend to be a perfectionist. Also more pressure to put videos out that I think my audience likes. And that's really it. But before I hit 100K, I, I didn't really like telling people that I was a YouTuber. But now that, you know, now that I'm verified on, on YouTube, now I, I'm not as embarrassed. <laughs> I didn't even know about your YouTube channel until Lewis brought it to my attention. Uh, your content's great. I especially love the American Psycho video. Oh, yeah. So did Brett Snellis. I don't know if Lewis told you that, but uh, one of our mutual friends, Josh, Brett talks about Josh on his podcast all the time. Josh sent my American Psycho video to Brett Snellis and then Brett texted back that he really liked the video. And that was like, that was honestly the high point of my YouTube career. We'll be back with more from the Kino Corner right after this. Come on, come on. Play defense now. Don't let him cover. Oh, and she slams it in right before the buzzer for the backdoor cover. Oh, that's right, Jim. If you bet the under, you must be beside yourself right now. Oh, my. Great. Now how am I going to afford to pay the mortgage? Honey, I'm getting hungry. Are you ready to order some food? Uh, I can't be bothered right now. Go make some boxed macaroni and cheese and just leave me alone, all right? Ugh, you're not cheating on me again, are you? No, sweetheart. It's worse than that. <gasps> I gambled away all of our mortgage money. We're going to lose the house. Honey, it's going to be okay. We'll get through this together. Gambling. It ruins lives and destroys families. Don't become another statistic. Bet on yourself and call one gamble not, and you can bet the house you'll come out a better person. Sponsored by Gambleholics Anonymous. In the beginning, there was VHS and beta, then DVD, and now, in the 21st century, thanks to the advent of modern technology, we have streaming. With thousands of titles all at your fingertips, sometimes it's hard to find something even halfway decent to watch. But it doesn't have to be. Introducing SubGenius.tv, the only streaming service you need with hundreds of hand-picked titles at your convenience. Titles like The Pink Ladies, Corruption, and Night Terror. You'll never run out of interesting cinema to consume at home ever again. SubGenius.tv has it all. And then some. Besides, who has the space to store physical media anyway? Streaming is the future, and SubGenius.tv is here to pave the way. Don't be a coward. Sign up today with plans starting at $583 per month. SubGenius.tv. Don't make us tell you again. And we're back. You're listening to Massacre Radio. I, of course, am your host, Members Only Dave. Today, joined by 
the Kino Corner from the Kino Corner YouTube channel. Okay, so what we are going to do here is this is the rapid fire portion of the program where I ask you a series of questions and what I'm looking for is one word answers or just brief answers in general, okay? Let's see how many we can get through in just 60 seconds. Our time starts now. Name one movie that does not deserve its bad reputation. Uh, Gummo. A character actor you love. Oh, God. Um, Ben Gazzara. Best comedy movie from the 1970s. 70s? I'll say Annie Hall. What is, in your opinion, the most overused movie trope? The villain throw. A movie that has the best ensemble cast. Nashville. The best movie with the word big in the title. <laughs> That's a, um... You know what? I'm going to go for the uh, the Normie answer and say the Big Lebowski. Best sports movie. Oh, man. That's a tough one. Man. Uh, Raging Bull. And that sound means the end of the rapid fire session. You got through most of them. Not a half bad job there. We are going to switch gears and get back into the interview here. Let's talk about your Instagram account. It's funny because I was doing research for this interview and I was on your Instagram and noticed you had a photo of you and Alex Jones. What's the story behind the photo and what kind of guy is he? Alex Jones is exactly how you would think he is. So actually, I think Lewis was with me that night. It was at the the party the night before the Alex's War premiere. And we were putting on this party at this rooftop and Alex and Moyer was there. I don't think Alex Jones was even invited to the party, but he texted her and I guess he was drunk and asked her where the party was happening. So she gave us the uh, address. So me and my friend Barrett were just hanging out talking. And then behind us, I hear the voice. We both turn around and we're like, oh, is that him? And we turn around and he's barreling through the party. Barrett and I looked at each other and we're like, we have to get a photo with him. So I just walked up to him and said, uh, um, hey, I really liked you in uh, Waking Life and Scanner uh, Darkly. And he goes, oh, yeah, Richard Linklater is a great filmmaker. He's a genius. And uh, then I got a photo with him. Moving on to the future of home media now, from standard def to HD, 4K, 8K, and beyond, I mean, how many Ks are we going to rack up here before we start drawing the line? The human eye is only capable of so much. So I ask you, Peter, what will the future of home media consumption look like even some 20 years from now? I personally can't tell much of a difference between HD and 4K when I'm watching it on my TV. Some of these 4K scans are good. Some of these new 4K scans are not so good, like the new 4K scan of Possession by Kino Lorber. I think Metrograph did the uh, scan, but Kino Lorber released it. I didn't upgrade that because the Blu-ray from Mondo is much better. Uh, the color timing on that is much better and it's much closer to the original release. I, I feel like the only reason that we would go up to 8K is because studios want to use that as a marketing gimmick, kind of like how 4K is a marketing gimmick, because really it's 2160p. It's not, you know, like it shouldn't be called 4K. But I think that a lot of these like major studios now really want to focus more on streaming, you know, but people like me, we want to have that home, home video release. We want to have an actual Blu-ray or we want to have an actual disc. I'm pretty content with just regular Blu-rays and uh, 4K discs for now. This is interesting. I was looking through the Kino Corner merch, and it really had just about three different movie posters from the film you made, Wasted Hours. What other kind of Kino Corner merch is on the horizon? Some Kino koozies, perhaps? I don't know many people who like could make me merch. I've talked to a few, but um, 
I'm just not sure. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I get so particular about like everything and I know that it's just going to be a total time suck for me when I do go down the merch route. You can watch Wasted Hours on subgenius.tv. Subgenius.tv. How's that for a plug? All right. Yeah, you can watch all these exploitation horror movies or this like coming of age uh, drama about kids growing up in Florida. So what exactly is Wasted Hours? It's basically like my my thesis movie. So I dropped out of college out of studying film. I basically used the rest of my like student loan money to make a film because I wanted to learn how to actually make a movie by doing it because I wasn't doing much of that in college. I wanted to do it like the hard way to really kind of put myself through, you know, baptize myself with fire, basically. And really, my whole point with that movie was just getting it done so that I could like learn through mistakes. You know, in this kind of situation where it'd be easy just to give up, I could pull through and I could actually deliver something. So because you have made your own motion picture, talk a little bit about the expectation versus reality as far as directing and making a movie goes. The expectation going into it was that I was going to be focusing a lot on technical issues. And that was not the case. The technical issues were the easiest issues, you know, to come up to solutions with. The hardest issues were dealing with the people on set juggling all these egos. And what I learned is that less professional actors tend to be much bigger divas than the more professional actors. Now, it has also come to my attention, per your last YouTube video, you are sporting a mustache now. Talk a little bit about the inspiration behind the mustache, and in your words, describe the mustache to those who haven't seen it yet. It kind of reminds me of a wispy push broom, but what say you? (laughs) Well, what happened was I took two months off of YouTube to write my new script, and I have this, uh, this thing that I do. It's like a ritual, right, where... When I'm writing a new script, writing the rough draft of one, I don't shave so that, like, by the time that I finish the script, I like to see, like, how all my facial hairs come in. And uh, I end up looking like a homeless guy, Uh, (laughs) you know. So then after I finished the script, I went to my bathroom. I was like, okay, I'm going to shave this all off. And then I thought to myself, as I was shaving, oh, it'd be funny just to to leave the mustache, see how that looks. I just kept it. Somebody uh, said it was like a Tom Selleck mustache. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going for that, like, 70s sleeve look, I guess. And it was either this or a goatee, but I was like, I don't want to go for the goatee. I'll look like a redneck. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about organizing home media. There are many ways to go about doing that, but what are some tips you would give someone who's thinking about alphabetizing their collection? I don't alphabetize. I have kind of an autistic system. How I normally organize it is I organize it by country. Within that country, I organize it by director. Within that director, I organize it by year, logically. And then after that ends, then I arrange it by director and year. But kind of how I'll do it is like, if I have multiple of a director, like say Ernst Lubitsch, who's you know classic Golden Age Hollywood, um, I'll have that first. I'll make my way through like Hitchcock in the 50s or something. And then when I get to New Hollywood, then I'll like have all my Scorsese, all my Coppola, all my Altman, you know, et cetera, uh, all my Cassavetes, et cetera, et cetera. And then I kind of make my way up through like modern directors like Safdie's or Robert Eggers or, you know, people like that. If the good folks listening want to get in touch with you online, how is the easiest way for them to do so? So the best way to get in touch with me is either on Twitter or Telegram. You know, you can watch my stuff on YouTube. I don't really use Instagram that much. I do have my DMs closed on Twitter, but I look at all the tweets that are sent to me. I'm most active on Twitter. 
Awesome. Well, that has been the Kino Corner from the Kino Corner YouTube channel. Go check him out. He always does awesome work, and his videos are great. I mean, even Brett Easton Ellis thinks so. So, I mean, that's got to hold some weight with you, right? Come on, am I wrong? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Massacre Radio. This is Members Only Dave thanking you for joining us on this sophomore installment of Massacre Radio. You know the drill. Catch us every Tuesday. I'll talk at you next week.